What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees, and welcome to week one of the 2022 NFL football season. Football on the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, in, in America, on the bottom side of the 49th parallel is officially back. We just had a killer opening week for, um, college football, a bunch of incredible games there. It's officially football season. If you're Canadian, it's been football season for a while, but for the Americans that are watching, which will be a lot of you, it's officially football season again. The NFL is back and I could not be more excited to be bringing you season 11 of my NFL football pick show now in another brand new format. I switched the game up a few years ago, often imitated, never duplicated. I'm switching the game up yet again this year as we are doing this show live for the 2022 season. Usually I'd like to be streaming on Mondays. Of course, as schedules go, schedules go awry. So occasionally there may be some changes that need to be made. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to stick to the Monday streaming days as much as humanly possible. Not sure whether I'm going to cannibalize myself by streaming at the same time that Monday Night Football is on, but that is the big change for this season, which is the show is going to be live. I've never been a live stream performer before, so this is going to be exceptionally interesting in terms of me as a performer. Like, I had never been an audio performer before, then I went to podcasting and found that I really loved it. So, you know, I, I developed that aspect of myself as a performer. Now we're going to see if I can do this thing live. So, exceptionally excited. The show will look mostly similar to how it's looked in seasons past, but I have, I feel anyway, trimmed a bit of the fat off of it. It's going to look a little bit different. The format's going to be a little bit different, but come along this journey with me, see if you can spot the differences and let's see how you like the show for the 2022 season. So yeah, Still going to be a podcast that I kind of wanted to get out of the way immediately. Still going to be a podcast. My audio listeners are still going to get the audio version of this on SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts of choice. That will still be there. But we're going to be doing this live. It's really going to cut down on my amount of work on the back end. And I'm very excited for it. So... We are doing a pick'em pool again this year, which I talked about on the week zero, the introduction that I uh, did a couple of days ago. The pick'em pool is still there. You're going to want to go to football.fantasysports.yahoo.com forward slash pick'em forward slash register forward slash join group. And in that, you're going to have a group ID and a password. Group ID is 29213. Password is 12345678. So you're going to want to get yourself into the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pool for Season 11. I believe right now, I checked it a little bit earlier, there's either 17 people or 19 people in the pool up to this point. Those are rookie numbers. We obviously want those to grow really, really, really quickly. You actually can't make your picks in the pool. I don't think they go up until Tuesday. So you haven't missed out on things. You can still hop in and get joined with the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pool with the confidence points, as always, for Season 11 of the show. So, oh, I, I, aha, I forgot to bring up one important thing here. Let's bring this document back up. Sorry for the mouse clicks in the background. <laughs> 
So what is sticking around from last year, I am still going to take a peek weekly into Fantasy Corner. And as in years past, Fantasy Corner is still brought to you by the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Now, the Dynasty Trade Calculator is one of the absolute best resources available online for Dynasty Keeper and long-term fantasy football. If you're in any league, anything like that, that plays, you know, multiple seasons where you don't redraft your entire team every year, the Dynasty Trade Calculator is one of the absolute best resources available to you there. I've been with them for quite some time. I have a ton of trust in all of the player rankings, trade evaluations, podcasts, the great experts that they have available at the Dynasty Trade Calculator. My affiliate link is in the description to this stream and to the video after the fact. And just for as little as $3, for as little as basically a cup of coffee these days, you can get access to one of the absolute best resources available online for Dynasty Keeper and long-term fantasy football. That is the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Check out my affiliate link, which is down below. We got a question from Casey Neistat in the chat. How will weekly shoutouts work if the Monday night game hasn't ended yet? Weekly shoutouts. Um... Oh, in terms of in terms of like who's won the pools and things like that, uh, I'll have to look at it and see kind of who is in the lead with the pool like for the week. Sometimes the Monday night football game is irrelevant in those terms and the person that's up top can't be caught. If they can be caught, I'll go over those scenarios. So it'll actually it actually kind of adds a little bit to the what will be brought into the show. So if the Monday night football game could still impact who wins the week, then we'll go over those scenarios. It's a bit tougher when it looks like, like when you look at the overall leaders, if there's corrections that need to be made in there, I'll certainly do them as like pinned comments on the video. So always make sure you pop back in, check the comments uh, after the fact, like on Tuesday or whatever. And if there's been changes, I'll certainly put them in there. That's a good question though. It's something I hadn't overly considered, but that's true. But yeah, like I say, usually the Monday night football game, it sometimes it can impact, sometimes it can't. So we'll go over those scenarios for sure. Make sure nobody gets missed. All right. So for my year this year in fantasy football, I'm looking at a bare minimum of six teams Maybe a seventh that's drafting tonight. I'm not sure whether I'm sticking in that league or not. Uh, we've got to figure that out yet. But as of right now, at the bare minimum is going to be six teams. Four of those are best ball teams. So they're teams that I've already drafted and I don't have to worry about them because since it's best ball, the lineup automatically gets reshuffled depending on who did the best for me on that particular week. So it's kind of a drafted and forget it. And uh, I kind of dipped my toes into best ball last year. I wanted to get a little more involved with it this year. These four leagues are all charity leagues as well. So I felt pretty good about like, okay, it gives me a little more best ball experience and the money's going to good causes. So we're in four best ball leagues that I don't really have to worry about. The two really important leagues are the two dynasty leagues. That being my own, which is the professionals dynasty fantasy football of which Mr. Half Moon from earlier in the show is a part of and now the anti and co dynasty fantasy football league we just did the startup draft for the anti and co league uh what was that that was just a couple of days ago. i think it was on saturday night we just did the startup draft for that 
I, I feel like I drafted a real banger of a team. I put my team on Twitter. If you want to check me out there at blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, I did the whole team that I uh, drafted in that dynasty league projected to go 12 and two in season one. I think I'm going to be competitive for a championship right out of the gate, but those are the two teams that we're really going to sort of put a focus on week in and week out with this show. In week one in the Professionals Dynasty Fantasy Football, I've got a matchup against Conrad, who is a very recent former champion. Did he win last year? No, he won the year before last. So, I mean, he's been a former champion in this league. And in Ante and Co., I got a week one matchup against Brian, who I think might be... Uh, the commissioner's brother. There's a lot of nepotism going on in that league. I can already tell right from the jump. But week one matchups against Conrad and Brian, both of those matchups are within like five points each. So th there's they're both too close to call. It's really, really tough. I'm projected to win both of them, but they're so close. I got to call both of them too close to call. I'm just excited that NFL fantasy football is back. So we'll see what happens in week one. I'm expecting a pair of great matchups. Andrew Warren joins us in the chat. If anyone could win Dynasty League, it's you. You are the Patriots Dynasty in that. Just going to give myself a little shoulder pad on that one. Thank you, Andrew. I always appreciate it when you come to pump my tires, which is pretty fantastic. All right. So we've gotten through uh, Fantasy Corner, which is going to be coming back for this year. I will take the time to let you know that if you go to the description of this live stream, of the VOD afterwards, of the podcast, or wherever you consume this show, you are going to find all of my results from last week, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week one in the NFL once we get through the show. You're going to find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pool for season 11. You're going to find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page. As always, we got a lovely little community here and we talk football basically all year long. You're also going to find information on my great friends and sponsors da -da -da, at Nerd Tees. Enjoyed a little sip of blueberry tea there, which is be very, very, very quickly. I think it's like probably my number two tea that's available now from nerdtees.ca. You want to go there and you want to use my promo code, which is BWFinest. That is going to save you 15% at checkout. You're also going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over 100 bucks, which is an excellent value. Or if you're one of my viewers or listeners in the United States, you're going to get an excellent conversion rate on the US dollar. Nerdtees.ca, they just recently relaunched back up their physical location after doing some renovations. I think maybe even moving physical location. The dozens and dozens of incredible loose leaf tea blends and accessories that you can find on nerdtees.ca, like the blueberry tea, it's what Nova Scotians are known for, one of many things, but dozens and dozens of great loose leaf tea blends nerdtees.ca the promo code is bwfinest find yourself something to love or find someone you love something to love you can do it on nerdtees.ca so we've got our plugs out of the way we've got the basic format of the show we've trimmed a little bit of fat here and there i'm not in as many pick'em leagues we're not talking about uh quite as many fantasy football leagues i don't think although we're the ones we're talking about we're talking about a little more in depth because they are both dynasty now it's time to really break into what you came here for. And what you came here for specifically are week one NFL picks. So let's go ahead and dive right into them. I think this week's episode will be a little bit faster than some of the other episodes because look, 
it's the beginning of the season. We're going to assume almost everyone is healthy and ready to go unless it's people that moved back onto IR or people that are already on the pup list or anything like that. So really, I'm this week, I'm really flying by the seat of my pants. I'm really flying up on my impressions of these teams. Like, I, I really, it's a lot of gut. It's a lot of my most prodigious gut. And trust me, it might be below camera shot, but I've got a big one. So I'm running on a lot of gut on this one, but we are going to go ahead with our week one picks and kick things off with the Thursday night game, which is the Buffalo Bills traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Super Bowl champion LA Rams at SoFi Stadium. Both of these teams were in the top 10 in terms of total offense last season. Buffalo was in the top five, the Rams ranking at number nine. Uh, Buffalo, the number one total defense in the NFL from last season. The only defense, as a matter of fact, to allow on average less than 300 total yards against per game so the bills defense was really on point it didn't always translate to scoring defense but that total defense the way they were able to limit the other team's ability to move the football was exceptionally exceptionally good all season long like i say only team to allow less than 300 yards per game but if you know anything about me you know that when i'm doing these picks i love me a little thing called the rule of four I'm going to take the opportunity here for new viewers and new listeners to remind you of just exactly what the rule of four is. So the rule of four states that in any given week, and it doesn't matter if the week has 13 games, 14, 15, or 16, in any given week, four betting underdogs will win their game straight up. It doesn't necessarily help you pick specific upset wins, but it does let you know there's always value in taking an extra look at the dog straight up because at least four of them on any given week are going to win their game straight up, which means they're also going to cover against the spread. Valuable piece of information to know. And this week, and Half Moon just pointed it out in the chat, 10 home teams are underdogs this week. It's crazy. I, I I don't know, like, I don't know the last time something like that happened, that so many home teams were dogs in week one. I'm sure somebody's got that piece of information. I wasn't savvy enough to look it up myself, but that's massive. There's so many home dogs this week. And if you don't believe me about the rule of four, let's just go ahead and check the numbers because, man, ever since I really pegged and honed in on this, I've been all about the rule of four. Since the start of the 2016 season, the rule of four has hit at a 76.7% clip, which means better than three out of every four weeks, the rule of four hits. And over the last two seasons, the 2020 season and the 2021 season, the rule of four is a spectacular 30 and five. 30 and 5 for the rule of 4 over the last two seasons. That is a massive massive number. So look, four dogs, four dogs are going to win their games outright this week. I feel real confident about that. And why do I bring it up here? Because the Los Angeles Rams are taking two and a half points as a home dog coming off of a Super Bowl win, and I remember this from Half Moon's video. I there's something about Super Bowl winners 
winning in week one and Super Bowl losers losing in week one. I can't remember the specifics. I can't remember how far back it goes, but it's definitely a thing. So even though the Rams are taking the two and a half points here as a dog, I like them to win this game outright. I think they're not necessarily top to bottom the better football team, but man, I, I, I really think coming off the high of winning the Super Bowl, opening the season at home in front of your fans, I don't discount what Buffalo's going to be this year. I think Buffalo's going to be a really good team this year, offensively and defensively. I just feel something about the Rams. It just feels like a solid underdog play for me. I'm going to go ahead and take the Rams to win this game straight up, which also means I'm taking them plus 2.5 against the spread. You ain't escaping me this time, Justin. I'm here now, says the blind Canadian cat. Welcome in, my friend. I appreciate having you here. We got the Rams winning the game straight up. We got the Rams covering plus 2.5 against the spread. Total in the game is set at 52.5. I think this is a relatively good total. I just kind of think it stays under. I remember looking at uh, week one stats last year for the previous six years. And games with totals over 50 aren't going over a ton. So like I think it's it was less than 50%. So 52 and a half, it's the second biggest total of the week. I think I'm going to go ahead and stay under on this one, but I think it's a good number and I think it's pretty close. Let's go Rams 27, Bills 24, stays just under the 52 and a half point total, but Rams win straight up and cover plus two and a half against the spread. You're also going to notice here just very, uh, very shortly actually, how I'm handling the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks this year. We're going to do things a little differently there as well. Let's move on. New Orleans in Atlanta. Saints visiting the Falcons. Uh, I don't think the expectations are crazy high for either of these teams. I look at the New Orleans Saints as like, uh, you know, a, a, they got a shot at a playoff spot. Atlanta is firmly in rebuild mode, but it's one of those things where like, okay, so folks in the front office might think they're firmly in rebuild mode. Don't tell that to the players because like the players are going to try to go out and win every game. And I think this Atlanta, at least the offensive side for Atlanta, I think it's kind of underrated. I, I dig Marcus Mariota maybe more than uh, some other people do. Kyle Pitts, I think is going to be a generational talent at tight end. Drafting Drake London was, I think, a very savvy move for the Falcons when he was available to them at what they took him at eighth overall, I think it was. Cordero Patterson still has... Um, like is still like a real weapon there, whether it's out of the backfield or from a receiver position. They uh, drafted a running back there. It was uh, Tyler Allgaier was, I think he was like third or fourth round or something. I think he's got something to him. I think this Falcons offense is a little bit better than I think a lot of people are going to give them credit for. Now the saints did have a top 10 total defense last year. They were number seven in the league, but both of these teams ranked in the bottom five the bottom five in terms of total offense last year. Now, look, I think the Saints offense is going to be much better this year, obviously. Don't necessarily know that it all gels in week one. You know, I just told you about the rule of four. We've got the Atlanta Falcons at home sniping a win off of the New Orleans Saints. Division matchup of the NFC South. I just like this as an upset play. Something in my gut 
tells me that the Falcons, they might not win a ton of games this year, but I think they pull together for a game like this and show like, hey, people need to be paying more attention to us. I think they come out week one. I think they punch the Saints in the mouth. I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons at home to pick up the win over New Orleans. Against the spread, uh, New Orleans is laying five and a half points here as a road favorite. I like Atlanta to win, so obviously I'm going to be taking the Falcons plus the five and a half points. Um, look, I, uh, minus five and a half for the Saints is, I think, going to be a popular spread play uh, somewhat in week one, but I, I, I like the Falcons to win this thing outright, so give me the points. Total in the game set at 42 and a half. I think this is a play more so on the number than anything else. It's real tough to stay under a number like that. So I think we're going to go over on that one, but not by a ton. Let's go Falcons 24, Saints 23. So we got Atlanta winning the game outright, taking the plus five and a half, and the game goes over. Uh, Andrew, I'm doing my over and under picks and only going to be going primetime games, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day games, Christmas Day in the playoffs. School schedule is going to be tight this year. Um, blind Canadian Cat, Mariota is undefeated against Winston in both college and pro. Really? That's very interesting. That's a hell of a stat right there. I like that. I like that a lot. Much appreciated to the Blind Canadian Cat for coming up with that one. Once again, Marcus Mariota undefeated against Jameis Winston in both college and pro ball. Great one. I love that a lot. Let's go to Carolina now. Cleveland in Carolina. Browns taking on the Panthers. Funny enough, both of these teams were top five total defenses last year. Carolina, the number two total defense in the NFL in 2021. Cleveland, number five. These teams know how to stop the other team from moving the football. And once again, didn't always equate to great scoring defense numbers. But to be two teams that are in the bottom or the, the top five in terms of total defense, those defenses and those schemes had to be doing something exceptionally well. Neither offense ranked in terms of total offense. Carolina actually in the bottom five of total offense last year, but like how much of last season did they not have one of the best running backs in football, right? That's nothing against Chuba Hubbard, but Chuba Hubbard's not run cmc right so yeah of course when you've got no christian mccaffrey for a bunch of the year last year your offense is going to struggle they've got christian mccaffrey now they've got a new quarterback and a quarterback you cannot find a more motivated quarterback in the nfl right now than baker mayfield getting his first start for the carolina panthers and for it to be against his old team who are obviously embattled in a ton of their own problems, both uh, individually and as a team. So this is a really interesting matchup for me. And the, the revenge factor is definitely real. The revenge factor is there. And um, I, I like the Carolina Panthers here at home. I think most of Carolina's success this year, whatever that success might be, I think most of it's probably going to come at home. They don't strike me as a team that travels incredibly well. Let's go ahead and grab the Panthers here at home to get the win over the Cleveland Browns. Now against the spread, Carolina is laying two and a half points here as a home favorite. I like them to win. It's a relatively small price to pay. So let's go ahead and lay the minus 2.5 on Carolina. Total in the game set at 41 and a half. Another game where a second straight game actually, where I think this is a play on the number as much as anything else. Yes, these two defenses are were were pretty good at stopping the movement of the ball last year, but I 
it's so tough to stay under 41 and a half. We're going to go over on this number 41 and a half. Let's go over and go, uh, let's go Carolina 24, Cleveland 20. So we're going to go ahead and grab the over there on 41 and a half. Carolina wins. Carolina covers minus two and a half. Uh, let's go back to the chat here. Martin, my good friend, Martin, longtime member of this community. Martin, just found it. You're live. I was trying to watch the Patriots Raiders preseason highlights. That's going on the back burner. Martin, I appreciate you, my friend. Uh, Half Moon saying good choice. Andrew Warren, Baker Mayfield will stick it to Cleveland. I agree. Uh, Martin, I would say most people want Carolina to win. Go Baker, avoid Garrett. Yeah, stay away from Miles Garrett. Um, that's... That's probably good advice. Good advice for Baker. Uh, Matt, the NFL fanatic, is in the chat now, too. Great to see you back, Justin. Thank you so much. Blind Canadian Cat. Bold prediction. They win by four-plus scores. I'm all on the Baker revenge game. He has a career game. Ooh. I love the hot takes that are coming out of the live chat. This is why I've, I've enabled the live chat replay for those who are, you know, going to be watching the VOD afterwards. Obviously, check out the the top chat the live chat if you haven't been looking at it already there's some fire going on in that chat right now okay next game we're gonna have the san francisco 49ers traveling to chicago to take on the bears there's been news about the bears in the last little bit about how they're like gonna be moving to a new stadium maybe was there something about that i saw i saw the pat mcafee show post a video about it but i haven't had a chance to watch it yet so there's some news about the bears that at some point along the line i just flat out missed Matt says Arlington Heights. Interesting. Uh, I just have a, a legitimate question for anybody that's in the chat right now. Does anybody have any expectations for the Chicago Bears this year? Other than maybe Justin Fields individually taking that step forward as like sort of the undisputed starter now. Does anybody else have any expectations for the Bears other than to not be very good? Like, are we, we're talking about like a, a top five draft pick here, right? Like, I'm not totally out to lunch on this. I'm interested to see what happens in their backfield. Um, I feel like, uh, Monty, this might be Monty's last stand in, uh, in Chicago's backfield. Uh, so obviously I'm not very high on them in this game. They did play fairly well defensively last year. They were a top 10 total defense, but they're taking on a Niners team that was top 10 in both total offense and total defense last year. Matter of fact, San Francisco, the number three total defense in the NFL last year. Chicago, one of the bottom 10 in terms of total offense. So can't expect a whole heck of a lot there. And this is where we first delve into our platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week one. And this is how I'm going to be doing it this year. Instead of the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks each being one game, which means I'm locked into uh, the platinum pick is the same game straight up against the spread and over under. I'm varying it up this year. I'm going to have platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for each straight up against the spread and over under. So it gives me the time to, or it gives me the ability, I guess, to focus on more games and more teams and highlight those as my strongest picks rather than saying, well, I'm locked into this one game and I expect to sweep it every week because I just, it's just not reasonable. I don't think it's all that realistic. So we're going to have platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks straight up against the spread and over under. I may use the same game twice, but I'm really going to endeavor to not use the same game 
in all three of those. So this is one that I feel really, really strongly about straight up. So the San Francisco 49ers over the Chicago Bears is my gold pick this week in terms of my straight up plays. So that's the way we're going to do it. And that'll be the way that we do it all season long. The straight up plays, the against the spread plays, and the over under plays will each have their own platinum, gold, silver, and bronze. So obviously very high on the San Francisco 49ers this week. I'm very high on them as a team. I think they do some damage come playoff time. I think they have a really great regular season. They're a dark horse to like win that division. I took them to win the division. In fact, I'm fairly high on the Niners this year. Uh, against the spread, Chicago is taking six and a half points here as a home dog. I, I feel so good about the Niners. I got no problem laying this number at all. So we're going to grab minus six and a half for the road San Francisco 49ers. Totaling the game set at 41 and a half, just like the previous game. And once again, it's just so hard to stay under on a number like that. So we're going to go ahead and take the over here one more time over 41 and a half points in San Francisco, Chicago. Let's go Niners 27 bears 18. So they might have a touchdown or they might just kick six field goals. That's a possibility. I wanted to leave that door open 27, 18 for the Niners Niners win Niners cover minus six and a half game stays uh, or game goes over rather the 41 and a half point total. Let's head back to the chat here. Uh, yeah, heading outside of Chicago. Super interesting on that. Uh, Half Moon saying none in terms of expectations for the Bears. Last in the NFC North. That's probably accurate. Matt, the NFL fanatic, saying no, but I'm taking the Bears on the points due to the uncertainty of Trey Lance. I can understand that. Uh, Blind Canadian Cat, I have no idea how to gauge them, to be honest. Fields might carry them to 500, or they might go 0-17. I'm not sure. Martin, I like their new coaching and management, but it may not be enough to make an improvement this season. I think that's a fair assessment. I think the Bears are a team that could be on the come up in the next couple of years, but this season might be too ambitious. Andrew, Bears might surprise a lot of people. They get up San Francisco. I certainly hope not because I've put a lot, I've put a lot of stock into the Niners in this game. Half Moon saying Bears won't score. Brian, yeah, I can't see the Bears putting up more than 14 or 17 points. Half Moon, Bears kicker Cairo Santos, MVP. Exactly, if he just kicks six field goals every week, I think you can make a great case for Santos being the MVP. Let's move on to the next game here. We got the Pittsburgh Steelers in Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Bengals, of course, defending AFC champions, uh, AFC North champions, all, all kinds of fun stuff from last year. Pittsburgh coming off of a not all that great season, at least numbers wise they were bottom 10 in terms of total offense they're also bottom 10 in terms of total defense and you think about them as a team that is predicated so much on their ability to play defense but didn't exactly work out all the time for them last season now cincinnati didn't rank didn't rank offensively didn't rank defensively they were like the picture of an average football team it just so happened they had so many things bounce their way all in one season probably as just good karma for having to have been the Bengals for the previous, I don't know, 20 years before that. They've had so many things bounce in their way that they rode that all the way to the Super Bowl. And I'm not going to say that it was a fluke that they got there. That's not the argument that I'm making. I'm saying they had a number of fortuitous bounces all throughout the season that helped propel them to a Super Bowl appearance. And that's awesome for them. It's awesome for Joe Burrow. It's awesome for the core that they have. Now, 
we mentioned a little earlier that there's kind of that rule of thumb where like Super Bowl, the previous Super Bowl champion wins on week one, the previous Super Bowl loser loses on week one. I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals here at home. I, I think they're top to bottom. They're the better football team. I need to see what Pittsburgh's quarterback situation is going to play out like for the first, let's say three weeks to a month before I really make an estimation on what that team's going to be. I need to see significant improvement on their offensive line. They've made moves to shore it up, but I need like significant improvement on their O-line, which is going to make Najee Harris that much better, which is going to make the Steelers that much better. It's going to be a cascade effect. They've got great defensive pieces. I just think Cincinnati comes out and, uh, and wins this thing in week one. So we're going to go ahead and grab the Bengals here at home to get the win over the Steelers. However, against the spread, Cincinnati's laying six and a half points at home. So a full touchdown is what they need to win this game by in order to cover that number. I think this is going to be a hard-hitting classic AFC North matchup, probably predicated on both defenses. Six and a half points is too many for me. So I'm going to hedge my bets on this one, take the Bengals to win, but I'm going to grab the six and a half points plus six and a half with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Pittsburgh could surprise in this one and division matchup on the law on the total. I should say the total is 44 and a half points in this game. This is my first uh, PGSB pick uh, for the totals 44 and a half under on this. I think these defenses are really going to both step up. I think it's going to be a defensive based game, low scoring football game. So I like the uh, Bengals and Steelers staying under 44 as my bronze pick with the totals this week. So under 44 and a half points in Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, let's go Bengals 17 Steelers 14 Bengals get the win, but Steelers cover the plus six and a half. Uh, let's see Matt, the NFL fanatic with a couple of comments in the chat, Mike Tomlin still hasn't named the starter yet. That's super interesting. Like they got really like at least two ways they can go. If not potentially three ways they can go at quarterback, uh, Matt also chiming in saying I have Cincy by at least 10. Ugh. Um, we do, we don't see eye to eye on that one, Matt, but at least we both agree that Cincinnati probably wins the game. Let's go to Detroit now. The Philadelphia Eagles uh, taking on the Detroit Lions. Now, two teams that offensively weren't overly anything special last year, at least in terms of total offense, in terms of moving the ball. The real difference between these two teams from last year anyway is the, def is the defensive side. The Eagles were a top 10 total defense, just in at number 10, but still top 10 total defense. Wasn't the easiest thing in the world to move the ball on them last year, where the Lions were in the bottom five in terms of stopping anybody from running the football and where they really, really struggled last year. I think they might have been the worst or one of the two or three worst teams in terms of stopping the run. And I think Philly's attack with the quarterback that they have and with the roster that they have, they got decent receivers, but I think a lot of it is going to be predicated on the run design quarterback runs for Jalen hurts, uh, sweeps from the wide receivers. They have decent running backs. They also have depth at running back and they've got like two or three guys, I think who are, you know, legitimate NFL running backs. So the way that they're going to be able to probably dictate the pace of this game on the ground, I think it's going to be super tough for Detroit and motor city, Dan Campbell to come up with the win. I did sign, I did really, 
I really did think about this quite a while for a rule of four for an upset play. But uh, I think Philly's also really was really good as a favorite last year in terms of just winning the game straight up. I think they were like six and one or something as a as a favorite just winning the game straight up. So we're gonna grab the Eagles here on the road in Detroit. Let's take Philly to beat the Lions. Uh, Moon says, "Woo, Detroit." Uh, ever hear of Paper Lion? More like Paper Lion's defense. Got some decent rookies starting, but that's about it. Martin, uh, I'd rather like to see the Lions win. I, you know what? I kind of would too. Like everyone's very enamored with Motor City Dan Campbell off of Hard Knocks, and with with good cause. I think he's he's a, a super likable personality, and just like when you think football, I think you think of Motor City Dan Campbell. I really do, but. I'm, I'm going to grab the Eagles in this one. Maybe Detroit surprises me. Now against the spread, Detroit is taking three and a half points here as a home dog. That's why the spread is so low. Hard knocks. That's what Moon just chimed in with. So yeah, three and a half points is what Detroit's taking here. I like the Eagles to win and I think they win this um, by more, certainly by more than that. So much so that the Eagles minus three and a half is going to be my gold pick against the spread this week. So Philly covering minus 3.5. I like that play quite a bit. Total in the game set at 48 and a half points. I think this is an under because I don't think either one of these offenses are crazy, crazy special, but I do think Philly's defense will be able to limit the scoring of Detroit. So let's stick under 48 and a half points here. We're going to go Philly 24, Detroit 13. And if you wonder why I keep looking down, yes, I am. I'm reading out of my, my lovely green book. So uh, yeah, 24-13 is what we're going to go with here for the Eagles. Philly wins. Philly covers minus three and a half. Game stays under. Uh, Martin, I think Philadelphia historically wins versus Detroit. Is that is that a thing? I haven't, didn't really have a chance to check the numbers straight up, but that could very well be a thing. Unless you have Megatron and Stafford. That was just one game, though. <laughs> All, right. All right, fair enough. I, 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 feel, I feel better about that. Let's go to Houston now. Division matchup of the AFC South, the Indianapolis Colts in Houston to take on the Texans. And Houston is like my little team that could. There are so many pieces on Houston that I'm a big fan of. I'm a big fan of their coach. I'm a big fan of Davis Mills. I'm a big fan of Damian Pierce. I'm a big fan of Nico Collins. Like, I'm I'm a fan of some of the composite pieces that that team has on offense. That might be the only thing that team has going for it this year. But look, it, if Davis Mills was like a top 12 fantasy quarterback, I would be thrilled. I would be thrilled because I'm just such a huge fan of that guy. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts, uh, they didn't rank either offensively or defensively uh, last year in terms of um, total offense or total defense, which is so weird because I felt like that team was so good for so long last year. And then they just completely crapped themselves in the last couple of weeks, lost to the Jags down in, uh, as Pat McAfee puts it, Clanton and uh, missed the playoffs. Just crazy to me that a team that was that good for that long didn't actually get to see any playoff football out of them. Meanwhile, you look at Houston, they were a bottom five total offense. They were a bottom five total defense. So as much as I think the offense could take a step forward this year, I got to see it from the defense in order to uh, really make the call that Houston is improved from last year. Given that that's the case, I'm pretty high on the Indianapolis Colts here. Let's take Indianapolis on the road in Houston to beat the Texans. So much so that the Indianapolis Colts are my platinum pick straight up to get the win over the Houston Texans. 
Now on the line, Houston is taking eight and a half points at home as a dog against Indianapolis. And as much as I really like Indy to win this game, they don't need to blow Houston out. In order to win this game, I don't necessarily know that Indianapolis is upside with the whole new offense and they got to let that gel a little bit. They do have an obviously an absolute monster at running back, probably the best running back in football in Jonathan Taylor. So they definitely have a, a decent ceiling offensively, but with all the changes, like the change of quarterback mostly, uh, we do want to see kind of what happens first before I really lay that many points and it's a division matchup and anything can happen. I'm going to take the points here with the Houston Texans. Eight and a half is just a little too many for me, uh, especially in week one where we don't have really any usable data on any team. All the data is out of date. So we're going to go ahead and take the eight and a half points here on Houston. Who knows? They might pull a massive upset. Would be the big upset of week one. But uh, we're going to take the eight and a half on Houston. Uh, total in the game set at 44 and a half points. It's kind of a middling number. I can understand it if you want to go either way on this. I think it goes over, but just by a couple of points. I'm going to grab the over on this one. Let's go over 44.5 points. We'll go Indianapolis 27, Houston 20. So Indy wins by a full touchdown, but they don't cover minus 8.5. Houston covers plus 8.5. Total goes over. Another division matchup. Let's go to Miami now. The Miami Dolphins playing host to the New England Patriots. And this is a game, this is the game this week that I flip-flopped back and forth on the most. So this is this is definitely the one. Because it this feels like it could really go either way. So the Patriots were a top five defense last year. Top five total defense in the NFL at number four. Uh, Miami, a bottom ten total offense. But obviously they've addressed that in a big bad way. Uh, bringing in Tyreek Hill. That combination of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell is like one of the best wide receiver one-two punches in the NFL. I'm just going to say it. I think Waddell is not criminally underrated because people certainly know who he is and know that he's good, but they're not talking about Jalen Waddell the way they're going to be talking about Jalen Waddell at the end of the season. Let me put it to you that way. I think that's one of the best one-two wide receiver punches in football so that is certainly the offensive upside is definitely definitely there that said bill belichick knows how to play this division and even though there's there's some roster strife in new england and i don't think that team that team's in my mind anyway seems like it has progressively gotten worse since the start of the preseason um so i i really don't know what to expect out of new england um this year but hence is why I'm going back and forth on it so much. See, now these are the breaks that usually get cut out of the podcast version. But because this is being streamed live, what am I going to do? Stop the stream, take a sip of water, and come back? That's certainly not going to happen. So yeah, really bounce back and forth on this one. I wanted to take this as one of the upset plays. I ultimately didn't wind up doing that. I am going to take the Miami Dolphins here. Exactly like a bonus track. See, Half Moon gets it. I am going to take the Dolphins here straight up. Um... Like I say, I really like the potential offensive upside. I think Tua takes a big step forward this year. And I mean, with, with weapons like that, how can you not? I think it's it's going to limit Mike Gesicki a little bit. But I mean, the combination of Tyreek and Waddell are more than going to make up for that. I think they're going to be able to run the ball decently this year. Although I got to see that to really make that call. I, I just, I don't know what to make of the Patriots right now. So... Got to see it. So we're going to go ahead and grab the Dolphins here at home to get the win over New England. 
Now, on the line, Miami's only laying two and a half points here as a home favorite. I like him to win. Relatively small price to pay. So let's go ahead and lay the minus two and a half on Miami. Total in the game is set at 45 and a half points. I think this stays under because I do not know what I'm going to get from New England offensively. I feel like I could get three points or I could get 27. So it, it, I really don't know which Patriots offense is going to show up. I'm going to stick on the under on this number, and I think it's a pretty, pretty, pretty convincing under. I got this game finishing 20 to 10 in favor of the Miami Dolphins. So I don't think Miami Miami's offense explodes in week one, but I think it's enough to get the job done. So Miami straight up, Dolphins minus the two and a half, take the under on the 45 and a half point total. Andrew with a couple of comments in the chat. Don't touch Pats versus Dolphins. Last three out of four times, the underdog has won. Uh, against the spread also the Patriots struggle against Miami even Brady even when Brady was in New England uh and then he says Tyreek Hill struggles with one team and that's New England his yards are less than 100 against them wow that's interesting I didn't know about his historic struggles there that's very interesting that could come into play here in week one I'm still gonna feel pretty good about Miami here but again that's a lot of that too is a reflection of I just don't know what to make of the Patriots yet so I gotta see it happen Next on the docket is going to be a quickie. The Baltimore Ravens traveling to New York to take on the Jets, the team that will one day be owned by Gary Vaynerchuk, I am sure. Uh, Ravens top 10 total offense last year at number six. Uh, neither one of these teams were overly great in terms of total defense last year. Jets were bottom five. Uh, Baltimore was actually bottom 10. Uh, I would have thought that, again, a team like Baltimore historically they build so much around their defense that I, it was a bit of a surprise when I saw that. Um, but the Jets were also bottom 10 in terms of total offense. They're already dealing with injuries. They're dealing with stupid TMZ drama around that team. It just feels like things are never going to turn around for the Jets, or certainly not this season. And even if it does this season, I don't think it's going to be in week one. I think Baltimore walks in and steamrolls the New York Jets here in week one. Let's go ahead and grab Baltimore. We're not going to give too much more thought about it. Let's take the Baltimore Ravens to beat the, G the New York Jets in week one in New York. So the Jets are taking six and a half points against the spread here. Um, but I, I think Baltimore wins this game so handily. I have no problem with the Ravens covering minus six and a half. As a matter of fact, Baltimore minus 6.5 is my platinum pick this week against the spread. It's my favorite ATS play of the week. Let's lay the six and a half points on the Ravens. Total in the game set at 44 and a half. And I think based on the fact that these defenses struggled last year to stop the other teams moving the ball, I do think this number goes over relatively comfortably. Let's go ahead and grab the over on the 44 and a half in Baltimore, New York. Let's go Ravens 31, Jets 14. I feel really good about Baltimore this week. Minus six and a half is my platinum against the spread play. Uh, let's see, Waddell exploding week one then. I could see Jalen Waddell going for like a buck 20, something like that. Uh, Andrew Warren, Baltimore will bounce back after that collapse with the eight and three start to an eight and nine record. Yeah, that's right. They did start hot last year and then completely tailed off, didn't they? Martin, so Flacco won't get any kind of revenge for the Ravens? I don't think so either. <laughs> yeah, um, boy, Joe Flacco. Guy just keeps hanging around, doesn't he? All right, let's make sure that we are where we need to be. Perfect. Next up, the game that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use 
I'm going to use one of uh, our good friend Geo Nose's favorite lines, which is a game that may be canceled due to lack of interest. That's the Jacksonville Jaguars in Washington to take on the new look commanders quarterbacked by Carson Wentz. So boy, um, the Jags, look, the Jags are the Jags. I don't like their owners. I, I, I don't like the cons at all. Um, especially Tony, Tony Khan, I think is, a. I have my thoughts on Tony Khan. I might share them with you on Twitter. I might not share them with you here. Um, not a fan of the ownership group. I'm a fan of a number of players on that team. Like I, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to take that step forward this year. I really like Travis, uh, Travis Etienne. I felt so bad for him that he had to miss all of last season with, it was, I was either an ACL or a ruptured Achilles. I can't remember which one, but the fact that he missed all of last season absolutely sucked. He's going to get that opportunity here in the early part of this season to establish himself as a three down back. And I think you're going to see some really, really electric stuff from Travis Etienne early in the season. Meanwhile, you go to Washington side of things, obviously all the controversy and all the embroilment around the Washington commanders and the front office and, uh, the stadium with the poop pipes exploding and just all kinds of just craziness around that team. And then bringing in Carson Wentz and that really weird and awkward photo shoot with the new, the new commander. I don't mind those commanders uniforms. I really don't, but God, his photo shoot just looked so, so, so awkward. Look, Washington's got good pieces too. They got Scary Terry. He's one of the better wide receivers in the game. And I think with the unfortunateness that happened with, um, it was Brian Robinson, wasn't it? With the unfortunateness that happened there. Look, I'm just, I'm, I'm glad it wasn't worse than it was. Obviously glad that the man survived and glad that he's, it's not going to cost him his football career, right? But that is the opportunity for Antonio Gibson with this team to see if he can reestablish himself as a number one. I feel like uh, everyone kind of fell off of Antonio Gibson. And I'm like, I thought this guy last year was like, how do you go from great to like almost not existing that quickly? So both of these teams have composite pieces that I like. Now, which one of them do I trust to win a football game? Well, <laughs> looking at my notes, the answer to that is neither. <laughs> I really don't trust either of these teams to win a game, but I certainly don't trust the team that's favored by three and a half points, no matter which way I was going to go on the game straight up. So why not rule of four upset play the Jacksonville Jaguars, despite being winless, I believe away from home last year, I think they go into Washington and I think they get the upset win here. I don't think it's a blowout by any means. I think this is a very competitive football game. But I like the Jacksonville Jaguars to go in there. Travis Etienne has himself a monster game in week one, I hope. And I got the Jags coming up with the win here. Let's take Jacksonville in the upset play in Washington to beat the Commanders. So obviously, since I like Jacksonville to win, I'm going to take the three and a half points. This feels like a hedge one way or the other. Even if you like Washington to win, I think this is going to be an exceptionally competitive score at the end, one way or the other. So I feel like you got to grab the three and a half points there one way or the other. If it dips down to three or two and a half and you really like Washington, okay, lay the points. I don't think it's going to happen, but I understand why you would do it. Three and a half to have to buy that extra hook. No, thank you. Not for me. So Jags win the game outright, and I'm going to take the three and a half. 
Total in the game set at 43 and a half points. I think this is a low scoring football game, but I do think the winning team gets over 20. I don't think the losing team does. We're going to stick under 43 and a half points in Jacksonville, Washington. Let's go Jags 23, Commanders 16. Jacksonville gets the win. Take the plus three and a half points. That's one of my upset plays. Uh, let's go back to the chat. Uh, ba, 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 ba. I think Joe, as in Joe Flacco, is my age, says Half Moon's picks. Uh, Jacksonville will surprise everyone. They will get the AFC South. Doug Peterson will win coach of the year. Wow. Um, holy cow. Andrew, that's... Holy cow. If you're right about that, I owe you a beer, at least. Because that's... Ooh, that's a hot take. That is scorching. Uh, he also says, I only like Tony Khan in AEW, especially the all-out pay-per-view is good, even though it was long. I have my feelings on the all-out pay-per-view. We can talk about them at some point. Khan's best-run sports franchise is only for entertainment. I mean, to me, Jacksonville and AEW are kind of competitive, but I, I get what you're going for there. Uh, I noticed I spelled Con wrong, my bad. I like Riverboat wrong, but not Ron. Riverboat wrong. Riverboat Ron, but not for this game. Go Jags. boy, Martin. My favorite beer is Blue Moon. Blue Moon. I'll keep an eye out. Let's go to Tennessee now. The New York Giants in Tennessee taking on the Tennessee Titans. Giants were a bottom five total offense last year. They just... They, they dealt with a ton of injuries, I believe, last year as well. And just the complete collapse of Kenny Galladay and just complete inability, really, to move the football whatsoever. Tennessee Titans are this team that, like, maybe it's because I feel everyone overrates Derrick Henry so much. But they're just a team that I can't get behind. And they're a team that I can't seem to put my finger on either. I always feel like when I feel like they are going to win a game comfortably, they wind up losing it. And when I feel like they're going to lose a game comfortably, they're going to wind up winning. And they're just one of those teams, like the Chargers have been for me historically, where I just can't, I don't know, I just can't get comfortable trying to pick their games. And that's why I'm always picking the brain of another member of our community, Keith Bailey, because he's like, he's like my Titans insider. Like, I'm always picking his brain for info about the team, but I just can't seem to... Still can't seem to figure them out. Uh, they're fairly heavy favorites here, obviously, and uh, I, I'm I'm gonna go with them. Like I, I'm, uh, boy, I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna go with them. Like I thought about this game as an upset play. I really did. Can I see the Giants scoring ten points? Boy, I don't think so. Even against like kind of a you know pedestrian defense, which is kind of what I think Tennessee is. We're gonna go with the Titans here and. I'm going to stick with Tennessee over the New York Giants as my bronze pick straight up. So that's my bronze play in the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze in terms of my straight up picks. We'll take the Tennessee Titans at home to beat the Giants. On the line, Tennessee's laying five and a half points here as a home favorite. And because I don't think New York's going to get to 10 points, I can see Tennessee getting to 20. So I guess I got to lay the five and a half points. Um, I'm not crazy comfortable laying these points, but I think I'm going to have to. So we're going to go ahead and lay minus five and a half on Tennessee. Now total in the game set at 43 and a half points. And this is a play that I love. This is not a high scoring game. This is not a runaway game one way or the other. One team is going to be measurably better than the other, 
but I don't think the score flies. So we're going to grab under 43 and a half points here in Tennessee, New York. And that under is in fact my platinum play on the over-unders this week. Tennessee and the New York Giants staying under 43 and a half points. We're going to go ahead and take uh, Tennessee 21, New York 6. So it's a fairly comfortable under. I guess it'll be a comfortable cover of minus five and a half. And Tennessee wins the game outright. Cat, uh, now if you really want to talk 0-17, look no further than the Giants. Understandable. Half Moon, 0-34 in home games in that stadium. Moon, do you want to... um? Can you elaborate on that? 0-34 in home games in that stadium. Do you want to just double check that one for me? Um, Andrew Warren, I'm a Mike Vrabel guy, Patriot and hoodie guy. Uh, hoping I think they'll take a step back a little bit and we'll get the wild card. Martin, I'd love to see a giant upset. Hard for me to go against the Titans though. Oh, Giants-Jets 0-34. This game is in Tennessee, is it not? Did I write that down wrong? Or is the game in New York? This may be a down. This may be a downside to um, to streaming <laughs> because it's in uh, it's in Tennessee. Okay, this may be a downside to streaming because people in the chat are gonna be able to gaslight me into thinking that I made mistakes. <laughs> this could be a real downside to streaming this show this season. All right, it's in Tennessee. Okay, that's that. That's good. I'm going to trust you guys. I'm going to trust you not to gaslight me into thinking that I made mistakes. <laughs> that's really funny. I like that a lot. All right. That's that's good. But just pointing out that those two teams suck out loud, just in general, but also when they're playing games at home. Wow. 0-34. That's brutal. That's just awful, man. Good God. All right. Um, well, maybe Tennessee beats them by 40. Who knows? <laughs> All right, the Kansas City Chiefs traveling to Arizona to take on the Arizona Cardinals. This one is super interesting because I went back and forth on this a couple of times. You're looking at Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Everybody knows the deal with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, even though it's very, like, boy, we talked about this when we were doing the startup draft for Ante and Co. As soon as you pay him, it's tough to keep everybody around, right? You couldn't keep Tyree Kill around. You couldn't keep Tyree Kill happy. Pieces are kind of falling off of that team. That's not to say anything about Juju. I think Juju Smith-Schuster is going to have a bit of a, a early career renaissance in Kansas City. I think he's going to be good. He ain't going to be Tyree Kill. And I don't think that's, uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not blowing anybody's mind in saying that he ain't going to be Tyree Kill. The Arizona Cardinals are going to be without DeAndre Hopkins for, what is it, the first three weeks, four weeks, five weeks? How long is D-Hop suspended? Does anybody in the chat know that? So, look, they're without their biggest weapon. They're without their uh, Kyler Murray going, uh, shit, you know, D-Hop's down there somewhere and just sort of throwing it up. Six weeks. Oh, boy. Um, they do have Marquise Brown. I think he'll step in and do pretty admirably. As a matter of fact, if you were savvy enough to draft Marquise Brown, um, that's going to be a really good trade option for you around week four or five for somebody like desperate. They like hit a big wide receiver injury or somebody who's just thin at the position. That's going to be the time to trade him is just before D hop comes back. So believe it or not, I did go back and forth on this quite a bit. Game's not in Arrowhead. So, you know, you can kind of take the, 
the crowd element for the Chiefs out of it a little bit. And remember how hot the Arizona Cardinals started the season last year. People were talking Super Bowl with that team. Obviously it didn't work out, but people were talking Super Bowl with that team early on. These are two top 10 offenses from last year. KC in the top five at number three, Arizona at number eight. I don't think that Chiefs defense has improved. I don't see that Chiefs defense as being better than it was. If anything, they might be a little worse. And they were bottom 10 in terms of total defense last year. I haven't taken my fourth upset yet. Yeah, let's have some fun. Week one, the Arizona Cardinals upset the Kansas City Chiefs in Arizona in week one. Wasn't it last year that like, the Packers got punched in the mouth in week one. Was that against New Orleans? Am I thinking Am I thinking of that right? It seems like in week one, you can kind of count on one of the big teams really getting popped in the mouth early. Whether it's in week one or whether it's, you know, in the first couple of weeks. One of the real contenders gets popped in the mouth early. I think it could be Kansas City's year. We're going to take the Arizona Cardinals in the upset at home to get the win over Kansas City. Total in the game, or sorry, not total in the game, on the line. Uh, Arizona's taking three and a half points here as a home dog. I like them to win, so give me the points. Give me Arizona plus the 3.5. Total in the game set at 53 and a half. It is the biggest total of the week. Uh, we're still going to go ahead and go over on it. I think these are two excellent offenses, two defenses that are probably nothing special. Uh, if I had to uh, put a defining characteristic on them, I think they're okay, but I think they're nothing special. And like I said, if anything, I think Kansas City's might have gotten a little bit worse. So we're going to go ahead and grab the over here, over 53 and a half points. Let's go Arizona 30, Kansas City 27. Big upset win right away in week one. Uh, Martin, Cardinals have been playing better in the first half of the season the last two years. Kind of feels that way. He also says, I can see that, Justin, an upset here. Excellent. That'll be a QB duel with Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray putting up high fantasy numbers. I think that's probably accurate as well. And uh, yeah, it was last year with Green Bay kind of getting punched in the mouth in week one in New Orleans. Uh, yeah, Cat. Saints punched Packers week one. Cardinals punched Titans. Pittyburgh somewhat upended Buffalo week one last year was interesting. I think you could see a bit of a, a bit of a repeat, not in full, but in part. I think you might see a bit of a repeat of that early on this year all right we have got four games left we still need uh the silver pick straight up we still need the silver and bronze picks against the spread and we still need the uh gold and silver picks on the totals so those will all come from the final four games that we have to talk about this week. We are going to start with a division matchup of the AFC West, the Las Vegas Raiders in Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. Now, if you watched my week zero episode, you know that the Los Angeles Chargers are my pick for the Super Bowl this year. The Los Angeles Chargers beating the Green Bay Packers. What did I have? I think I had 34 to 28. I think was supposed to be the final score that I predicted in Super Bowl 57 with Justin Herbert winning the Super Bowl MVP. That's my play this year. 
Uh, so obviously I'm very, very high on these Los Angeles Chargers who I have not been able to wrangle in my 10 plus years of doing this. The Los Angeles Chargers have been my Moby Dick. They have been my great white whale. I have not been able to pick properly with this team for years and years and years. And look, they're, they're not getting any easier to predict. They got a coach that'll go for it on fourth down from his own six yard line. But that team is so stacked on the offensive side and so stacked on the defensive side as well. They got pieces and playmakers all over the place. Very high on the Chargers. They were the number four total offense in football last year. They were in the bottom 10 in terms of total defense, but that's where their big opportunity is. And that's where I think we're going to see the most improvement on them this year. In terms of the Raiders, obviously they landed one of the big fish of the offseason, bringing in Devontae Adams in that trade from the Packers. So look, Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro is a really great one-two punch at wide receiver. Derek Carr, I think, is going to probably have a career year this year. I don't see how that defense has gotten any better. Like, it, it, look at the Raiders' defense from last year and the Raiders' defense from this year. I, I don't see how they've improved. And that has steadily been going downhill for them for years. It just feels like for years that that's the element of that team. They are a true glass cannon. They're a team that could put up 30 points a week, but they're going to have 35 scored against them. Like unless their defense can figure it out, I don't see the Raiders as a team taking that step forward. I really feel good about the Chargers in this one. We're going to grab the Chargers here straight up at home to get the win in week one over the Las Vegas Raiders. Now against the spread, the Chargers are laying three and a half points here as a home favorite. It's a division game. So buying that extra hook, sometimes you get a little sweaty about that, but I feel really comfortable about them covering that number so much so that the Los Angeles Chargers covering minus 3.5 is my bronze pick against the spread this week. I really like the Chargers to cover minus three and a half. Total in the game set at 52 and a half points. I think this goes over to very dynamic offenses. I need to see how the Chargers defense is going to take that step forward that I expect them to. But we're going to grab the over in this one. Over 52 and a half points in Raiders Chargers. We're going to go 31-24 in favor of the Chargers there. And the over 52 and a half is going to be my silver pick on my totals there. Chargers Raiders over 52 and a half silver pick on the totals in week one. Uh, let's see. Uh, ba -ba. Martin, I hope Devonte keeps playing like Devonte and not have a sad time like Randy Moss did. And Moss came back big time with the Patriots. Yeah. Like it's, it's not, it's not new for the Raiders to pick up, uh, you know, these big elite, uh, elite big fish and not necessarily have them uh, work out all the time. Andrew Warren, Chargers will beat Vegas. I know it was most of the time when a hoodie mentor beats hoodie himself, they lose the following week. Last coach that won after beating hoodie was uh, Flores last year with Miami. Oh, that's very interesting. That's an interesting one there too. I like that. All right, Packers visiting the Vikings, NFC North matchup. The Packers were a top 10 team in terms of total offense and total defense last year, number 10 and number nine, respectively. Tough not to see them taking at least something of a step backwards on the offensive side. It, it's tough to lose a guy like Devontae Adams, right? Like, uh-oh, we just lost arguably the best receiver in football. 
You still got Aaron Rodgers there. I think he still plays at an MVP-ish level this season. Don't necessarily know that he wins MVP, but I think he plays at an MVP-type level this year. And we're going to have to see how that wide receiver core works out. I'm not crazy concerned only because... It's going to be by committee. It's not going to be. And this is one of the frustrating things about being a Packers fan is seeing these situations where you know exactly what's coming. If I can call it sitting on my couch at home, I know a defensive coordinator can call that the ball's going to Devante. Like this is, that's just, it's one of the more aggravating parts of being a Packers fan. You don't have that this year. You don't have that go-to piece in the receiving core. You've got Alan Lazard, who I think is probably going to lead the team in targets this year. You've got Sammy Watkins, who's going to be great for the first four weeks and then probably disappear. And then whoever really establishes themselves between Christian Watson and Romeo Dubes, I think Dubes is going to have the first um, the first crack at things here in, in week one. I think Christian Watson's questionable. He might not play this week. Um, it's kind of going to be between them. And I think they're really going to make great use, or they should anyway, of Aaron Jones as a receiver. I want to see him spread out wide. I want to see him in the slot. I want to see what Aaron Jones has as a receiver, which is also going to allow us to see what AJ Dillon has as a runner. So I think they can really take advantage of the fact that they got two really good running backs, split AJ out as the better receiver of the two as a receiving threat. I think it's going to make that offense dangerous and dynamic. Uh, the Vikings, in terms of their offense, were okay. They were nothing special. They moved the ball all right. They've got pieces that are obviously elite and game-breaking. Like, you you can't have Dalvin Cook at running back and have Jay Jettas at wide receiver and not think that that team has game-breaking talent because they definitely do. Jefferson can be, in any given game, the best receiver on the field. And he's going to be the best receiver in this game. Seeing a lot of plays on the Vikings in this one. I'm seeing a lot of people taking the Vikings to win this game straight up. Taking that as an upset play. It's going to be a close game without without question. I think it's going to be a competitive game. I got to see somebody other than the Packers do it in this division. I think Green Bay gets the season started off right in Minnesota. I'm going to take my boys. I'm going to take the Packers in Minnesota to beat the Vikings. Against the spread, Green Bay's only laying two and a half points here as a road favorite. I like them to win. It's a relatively small price to pay. I'm going to go ahead and lay the two and a half points on Green Bay. And the Packers minus two and a half is actually going to be my silver pick against the spread this week. So Green Bay minus 2.5. That is my silver against the spread play. Total in the game set at 48 and a half points. I actually think this stays under. I think Minnesota's defense is going to be a bit better this year than they were last year, but I think the defense is where we're really going to see the step forward for Green Bay. For Green Bay to have the kind of success that they had last year, the defense has to be the one to step forward because I think the offense is going to be good, but not as good as it was last year. And in that case, the defense has got to win some football games. I think that happens this week. I think the defense steps up. And I think they're going to step up most of this season. I think Green Bay will be one of the better defenses in the NFL this year. Let's go under on this 48.5 point total. Let's go Packers 24, Vikings 20, Packers win, Packers cover, take the under. Uh, Kat in the chat goes, I want to believe in the Vikes, but they make it too hard to do so so often. It's true. Just ask our buddy Gio. Uh, just imagine there's certain teams that you look at them and it's just like, imagine being a fan of that team. And it's not 
necessarily derisive. It's just that they're so unpredictable. That's like, man, imagine being a fan of that team. In any case, we're going to go with Green Bay to get the win over Minnesota. Green Bay covers, take the under. Tampa at Dallas. Now, this is a super interesting game because it's a battle of two teams that have lost big pieces on their offensive line. Tampa's lost their starting center. Uh, Dallas has lost their starting left tackle. Although just today, Dallas signed 40-year-old Jason Peters to their practice squad to kind of get him up to speed in a couple of weeks to maybe step into that left tackle role. Did Jason Peters play last year? I don't know why I can't remember this, and I should have looked it up before the show. But did Jason Peters actually play last year, or did he take last year off? Somebody in the chat will hopefully be able to answer that for me. But yeah, I saw where I saw they signed Jason Peters, I was like, that's awfully interesting because he played, I think, the majority of his career, if not all of it, with the Eagles. So like, he stayed in the division but signed with a rival. That's going to be really interesting to see which of those two pass rushes gets home better on what's kind of a wonky wonky offensive lines on both sides. I think the Cowboys are set to take a step back this year. Um, they were a decent team last year. They were the number one total offense in the NFL last year. Defense was nothing special, I don't think. Um, he was in Chicago last year. Okay, thanks, Kat. I appreciate that. Um, I don't know why, for whatever reason, I could not remember whether Jason Peters played last year. I do definitely see Dallas taking a step back on the offensive side. There's going to be no Michael Gallup this week. He's already out. Um, if the offensive line doesn't gel and come together. This is a team that every time there's like something wrong with the offensive line, it feels like the team completely collapses. And that has kind of been a late motif of theirs for the last three, four years. If there's a problem with the O-line, be really, really, really uh, wary of, of going with Dallas really in any given game. And look, Tampa, number two total offense in the NFL last year. So the top two total offenses, they're going to be able to move the ball real well. It is Tom Brady, even if it's 179-year-old Tom Brady, it's still Tom Brady back there. I'm going to take the Bucks to get the win here. Um, Vegas thinks this is going to be an exceptionally close game. Uh, maybe because the game's in Dallas. If the game was in Tampa, I'm sure this line would be much larger. But let's go ahead and grab the Tampa Bay Bucks on the road in Dallas to get the win over the Cowboys. Now against the spread, Tampa's laying a point and a half as a road favorite. I like them to win. It's a small price to pay. That makes this game one of those, um, you're either going to go 2-0 and or 0-2. Like the spread is so thin that you really can't hedge. So we're going to lay the point and a half on Tampa Bay since I'm taking them to win. Total in the game is set at 50 and a half points. I'm going to go over on this one. Again, top two total offenses. Let's see what those defenses can bring. But I do think the point total goes over on this one. Not by a ton, but does go over. Let's go 28 to 24 in favor of the Bucks here. So Bucks win, Bucks cover minus a point and a half and take the over. Uh, Martin, I can see Dallas taking a step back. I'll never forget their final play from the playoffs against the 49ers. Spot the ball themselves, huh? Who needs referees? Just awful. Uh, Andrew, Tampa Bay's my Super Bowl pick on the early picks. Tom Brady's my Super Bowl MVP. And walking into the sunset to end his career. It's awfully poetic. It could very, it could very certainly happen. But um, for the sake of everyone else in the NFL, I'm going to say I hope it doesn't. <laughs> that's nothing against Tom Brady, but it's just like, let's not have Tom Brady and whatever team Tom Brady is on, um, win another championship. 
And the last game of the week, the Denver Broncos in Seattle taking on the Seahawks. Russell Wilson's return to Seattle. And obviously this Denver team is going to look entirely different than it did last year. They still got Cortland Sutton. They still got Jerry Judy. Uh, they're not going to have Tim Patrick. And I think that is going to have an impact on the team moving forward. But it's an opportunity for KJ Hamler to step up and really seize that wide receiver three role in Denver. The Broncos were the number eight total defense defense in the NFL last year if they can repeat that I think Denver's going to have a ton of success because imagine this team being able to move the ball like Russell Wilson moves the ball and have a top 10 total defense I think they're going to do some damage this year this is a playoff team as far as I'm concerned and I think if you look on the other side uh, Seattle very much is not um, whether Pete Carroll wants to be part of a rebuild or not he he's part of one <laughs> and now I'm so glad in retrospect I really think they should have traded Tyler Lockett, but I'm glad they didn't trade DK Metcalf. And that's nothing against Tyler Lockett, but Tyler Lockett, I think, is 29. And he's not really a player that you rebuild around. You rebuild around DK Metcalf. You rebuild around uh, Kenneth uh, Kenneth Walker, who they just drafted at running back. You, you build around those young pieces you don't build around a 29 year old wide receiver, right? So I, I kind of thought, and maybe he will be traded at some point through the season. Um, I know a, a number of teams that would love to bring a Tyler Lockett uh, into their locker room and into their offenses. So maybe that happens at some point this year, but I'm so glad they didn't trade DK Metcalf. Um, don't have a ton of uh, expectations for Seattle this year. They were a bottom five total defense last year. They can't really stop anybody. I don't think they're going to be stopping too many people this year either. So um, obviously we're pretty high on the Denver Broncos in this game. Let's take Denver on the road in Seattle to put a bit of a beating on uh, the Seahawks to the point that I like the Denver Broncos over the Seattle Seahawks as my silver pick straight up in week one. So Denver over Seattle is the straight up silver pick. Uh, now against the spread, Seattle's taking six and a half points as a home dog. Um, lay the six and a half on Denver. Their offense is good enough to cover this number. Let's take the Broncos minus the six and a half points. Total in the game is 42 and a half. This is a play on the number, but it's also a play on like what is Seattle's defense even going to look like this year. And let's let's have Russell Wilson start off his uh his Denver tenure with a heck of a performance in week one. We're going to go over on this number. It's a play on the number, but also a play on the situation over 42 and a half points in Denver, Seattle. Let's go Broncos 27 Seahawks 17. And I like the over 42 and a half as my uh, gold pick on the totals this week. So Seattle, Denver over 42 and a half, my gold pick over under. There you go. Those are my picks for week one of the 2022 NFL season. I'm not going to go over all of them with you here one more time, but what I will do is go over my platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks because, again, we're doing things differently this year. So, straight up, platinum pick, Indianapolis over Houston. Gold pick, San Francisco over Chicago. Silver pick, Denver over Seattle. And bronze pick, Tennessee over the New York Giants. Against the spread, Platinum pick, Baltimore minus six and a half. Gold pick, Philadelphia minus three and a half. Silver pick, Green Bay minus two and a half. And bronze pick, the LA Chargers 
minus three and a half. And on the totals, platinum pick Denver and the Giants under 43 and a half. Gold pick Seattle and Denver over 42 and a half. Silver pick Chargers and Raiders over 52 and a half points. And the bronze pick Cincinnati and Pittsburgh under the 44 and a half point total. Now, obviously, where this is week one, we don't have a comment of the week. However, the comment of the week segment will be coming back this season, and uh, we'll keep that to we'll keep that specifically to comments, not necessarily um, things that are said in the live chat. We will keep those to comments on the video after the fact. But what I am going to do for comment of the week or commentors of the week for this video is to thank. Every single bloody person that showed up to watch this thing live, who interacted with me in the chat. That is Half Moon, that's Andrew Warren, that's Martin, that's the Blind Canadian Cat. That is, uh, we're going to keep scrolling up here, keep scrolling up. We had some other people, we had some other people, where did you all go? Keep scrolling up. Matt the NFL Fanatic was in here. Brian Stevens was in here with a comment or two. We're going to keep going up. Keep going up. Uh, Casey Neistat early on in the stream. Everybody that showed up, everybody that watched this thing live who commented on the live stream. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Again, this is an experiment for me this year and we will see how it goes. I'm excited to keep doing this all year long. As the year goes, we'll try to kind of uh, this it was an hour and a half it's longer than i thought it was going to be so we're going to try to kind of condense it a little bit throughout the season i feel like i say that every year and I, my shows just keep getting longer and longer but thank you so much for checking out the week one episode the week one picks that's it for me justin bridgewater's finest on youtube blockbuster underscore guy on twitter fueled as always by the incredible folks at nerd tees we're going to hang out here for just a couple of minutes after the end of the show just to close out the stream but thank you so much for watching and we will see you again in week two